Welcome to We Are, You Are, the podcast for robot developers, engineers, and anybody who is interested in robotics. Hosted by the Unlimited Robotics Team. Uh, thank you very much, guys and ladies, for joining us today for our today's session. We have a super interesting person, which I'm proudly and super excited to host. Uh, my guest for today is Professor Teresa Sielinska. Um, let me, uh, first of all, thank you so much, Professor Zelenska, for participating in this podcast. Uh, we are super are happy to have you. <laughs> um, let me just, uh, for all of our guests, share a little bit of information about uh, Teresa, our guest. So uh, Teresa is a professor in technical science. Uh, let me just share another screen. Uh, just a second, we'll share a bit about more about Teresa. Okay, so Teresa is a professor in technical science, deputy director of the Institute of Aeronautics and Applied Mechanics in the Warsaw University of Technology. She received her PhD uh, from the Faculty of Power and Aeronautical Engineering of Warsaw University of Technology. She is a member of the Committee of, Aeron of Automatic Control and Robotics of the Polish Academy of Science. She's a vice chair of the Polish IEE Robotics and Automation Section and Secretary General of International Federation for the Promotion of Mechanism and Machine Science. She's an author and co-author of over 300 publications and co-holder of two patents. So this is our guest for today, a rock star in the robotic and engineering science. Thank you so much, Teresa, for, 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 for being our guest for today. So the first question for you is, what do you think are the major trends in the robotic industry? And specifically, if you can take us in the walking machine motion area. Yes, first of all, I don't feel and I don't think I am the rock star in robotics. <laughs> they are much more better and more famous stars in robotics. We can list the names, but anyway, <laughs> let's continue. Robotics is my, my hobby that I, I'm not refusing that I am a roboticist. Uh, telling about the trends that uh, we should notice that from the beginning of uh, our millennium, that means uh, from year 2000, the stress is laid to the, to the autonomy of robots, to the intelligence that we are progressing through the simple unmanned systems first, uh, the wearable robots, we know, uh, now the cognitive robots, which are able to do uh, some decisions, but they are still not fully autonomous. And the future is to the fully autonomous robots. That this is the future of, of course, also the walking machines, because by the definition, the walking machines are designed to, uh, to, uh, to exist together with the human being. That means they must possess some degree of the intelligence to support the person and to act in the proper way. That the future, I think, is in the full autonomy, whatever it means. 
the full autonomy in the actions. But just we shouldn't, we are talking about the walking machines, but we shouldn't forget about the industrial robot because what is going now is also showing some interesting trend. Uh, before we had quite classic industrial robots, which were uh, uh, separated from the human being. They were working in their own cells, and that was the, the way how they work. But now we are going towards the cobots, that means the collaborative industrial robots, which are cooperating directly with the human being. That this is the general trend. I mentioned about the working machines, but the general trend in robotics is to make the robots which are touching us, which are helping us, which are passing something from hand to hand, which are working together with us. But uh, telling about the, not the industrial robots, but the robots which are uh, for the service robots, uh, that means the working machines belongs to this group. That uh, again, what we are expecting, we are expecting mainly the application robots in domestic applications. Domestic, that means again, in human environment and uh, doing the work which was usually typical, usually done by the human being. But this is, this is what concerns the, the personal robots, which in future, the working machines should be. By the way, the term working machines is quite specific because we, we, we can give two definitions. The one definition that the working machines are the robots with legs. And this is the very broad definition because to this we will also include the, uh, the robots which looks like we, that means the humanoids. But the classic definition distinguish between the working machines and humanoids. That means usually what we address as the working machines, they are the machines which have four or more legs that in some sense they are inspired by the, by the animals. Of course, human being is, belongs also to the animal world, but I'm telling about the other animals like horses, cows, or insects. But the, another group, they are the humanoids that besides they are with the, despite that they are with the legs, we are giving to them the specific term, the humanoids, because they, they have not only the legs, but they should uh, uh, remind the human being by the appearance. That means they have the hands, they have the head, they have the torso, and they, they should uh, not only do the works which usually were done by the human being, but also they should behave in a similar way Behave, I mean, uh, also taking the postures. This is the uh, quite difficult uh, research question. How to design human-like -like posture in humanoids? For human being is a natural, but the humanoid is a machine. How the machine knows that, uh, let's say, uh, collecting some heavy load uh, from the floor, the posture must be such and not the another one. That this is, this is the very broad research topic. But also resembling, resembling the human, it means also 
uh, in some sense, recognizing the human emotions and expressing the emotions, but interacting with human, not only in the verbal and visual way, but also, uh, I should say, in unspecified way, which is in the field of the psychology, sociology, in general, the emotions. That, uh, as you see, the answer about the, <laughs> the future of the working machines is very broad and it can be, it can be separated from the general issues of the, of the current robotics. It can be separated from the actual development trends, which concerns the, the robotics as uh, as whole. So super interesting answer, Teresa. I have two following up questions for that. Do you think that the humanoid robots should be designed as humans in terms of shape? Because you mentioned the hands, the torso, the head, and the legs, obviously. But do you think it's a little bit too premature for the human psychology to adopt a situation in which they have to correspond with a robot that looks like human? Or we should still make humanoids, but in a designed manner that is still resembled to a mechanical, toyish, furniture uh, way, not to intimidate too much the humans, the, the real humans, from interacting with the robots. So this is one question regarding the design. The other question is relates to the emotional and interaction with the robot. How much in the terms of line between zero to 100 of emotional intelligence do you think robots should have when they interact with people because the expectation is that the robot will actually understand us or uh, uh, hug us in terms of emotional in embrace, or does it mean that it would should do certain functions to be a service serviceable in terms of doing one, two, three, four functions in a whole? So my follow-up question relates to the future of designs of humanoids and the future of functionality in opposed to emotional um, activity for the humanoids. I'll, I'll be happy to understand what you think. Uh, okay, the first question, uh, how similar the humanoids should be to the human being, uh, you are going to, or maybe you are referring to the Uncanny Valley. That the, the common opinion is that uh, the, uh, the robots they shouldn't be too similar to the human being because uh, it produces uh, the reservation and even the shock uh, the, uh, is uh, worrying us that uh, it shouldn't be. That, but maybe I will refer to some lecture which was given by my friend from Japan about uh, the perception of the human uh, how the, the human perceived the robots. That he, I think he uh, explained this very well. He said that in, uh, in Japan, the people, they, they perceive the robots very well. They have no reservation. However, this is no common in the other countries. And first of all, he was uh, 
seeing the reason of this even in the religion because in japan we have the animis religion the shinto religion where uh, the stone uh, when the, uh, uh, the, the the surrounding uh, has a spirit is uh, is something which is uh, just natural uh, to uh, to uh, to consider that is a kind of the of the living thing or the spiritual spiritual thing that uh, he said in a similar way somehow the japanese people they perceive the robots that uh, for them is natural to consider that the surrounding can possess some kind of the of the living factor and also they accept that the robots can have this as well Okay, this is the part of the answer. But on the other way, we afraid. And also to continue what he was commenting, the tests show, first of all, that uh, for us it's easier to accept the, uh, the human-like robot if it's smaller than we. First, first, first factor. Because if it's our side or even bigger, this is um, we afraid we afraid the big huge machine it can do the injury for us and uh, the studies shown that for the people the easiest way is accept the robot which has the size of 10 uh, 11 uh, years child this is something like a natural adult uh, attitude to, uh, to, to something which is smaller, maybe needs the help. That this is the first hint. The robot shouldn't be uh, too big. And the size, as you see, is somehow defined. But also telling about the appearance, uh, appearance how much similar to, they should be to the, to the human being. Uh, I agree with the, with the common opinion that we should avoid uh, the uh, big similarity. The big similarity that uh, to, uh, trying to, to make the robots uh, even uh, the size of the children, but uh, children uh, like uh, looking the identical. The robot should be the robot, should be uh, a bit different. Okay, this is the answer. However, we need also there are some some exceptions some exceptions just giving you the example we are telling about the humanoids but also we have the uh, let's say robotic toys the dogs uh, the robotic uh, parrot, the robotic uh, some other animals uh, and also uh, quite a few were uh, designed and implemented in uh, japan and the children like those robots uh, but those robots are useful because, for example, they, they measure the, the temperature if the child has the fever without, uh, without stress, the children even is not noticing that, uh, uh, as you see, in some aspects, the imitation of the, uh, of the animal, of the biology, a close imitation can help, can help. But I am not telling about imitating the human being. For this, I, I am not able to give the clear answer. However, uh, by intuition, for our time, I, I will conclude that the robots 
uh, somehow the humanoids uh, somehow must exhibit the differences. But how much? I don't know. Okay. Oh, yes. And the second part uh, of the question about the emotions, uh, that to what extent uh, our robots uh, must be emotional in the way uh, similar to, to ours. Uh, I will answer, it depends. It depends on the application. Just giving you the examples. They were the robots which were built uh, for the uh, for the uh, interaction with the autistic children, that uh, they were uh, those robots were substituting the therapy uh, which normally was offered by the medical personnel. But this therapy is needing a long hours, a lot of effort. That uh, in this uh, case, the the robots which are uh, fully emotional. They are helpful, which they uh, fully, uh, fully is not yet, but in the future, but even partially are recognizing uh, the, the emotion. And also they are uh, able to express nicely the emotion. In this case, for this application, the autistic children is very relevant. Also, they are the robots which are um, which were built for interacting uh, with the people with dementia. This is also the example where the quite broad emotional uh, framing is needed because this is the application of the robot. That, that uh, I will again, uh, I will not giving the, the clear, the unique answer that how much emotional uh, should be the robots. Not, we need to consider the application. But uh, maybe just trying to generalize, telling about the, the ordinary robots, uh, just the robots which are, should interact with us, let's say in the offices, in the services. Uh, they should exhibit some level of emotions, maybe not very expanded, but limited. But uh, without emotions, I don't think is good. That some level of emotions, even in robots for common applications, not very, very, very targeted ones, not very med medical, but just the common. But anyway, I think it's better because uh, in somehow if the robot will say to us, okay, you seems you are lost, may I help you? The robot notice that we are uh, in some hall in the office, in the maybe uh, in some building and uh, we are looking around and we, we don't know what to do, where to go. The robot is approaching us and asking you, uh, not saying, may I help you, but starting, you are lost, that I want to help you. Probably it will produce better attitude towards the robot. Okay, this guy, this robotic guy is so nice. Uh, he he recognized that we are lost, he is willing to help us, that our attitude will be better towards such robot. That this is this is my answer. Thank you so much. Such a detailed and interesting answer. Thank you. One more question with your permission. So when we are talking about interactions between robots and people, we also think about interactions on a daily basis between people. Those interactions between people are governed by social ethics, 
sometimes legal ethics, sometimes rule regulations, because we have some kind of, of ethic relationship between a per person and his friends or her friends. How do you think ethics should be implemented in the relationships of robots and humans in terms of who is responsible to make sure that the robot maintains a certain level of ethics that is in the relationship between the robot and the human? Yeah, that, that is a, a question which is very uh, on time. The, the, the robot ethics is the discussion which started uh, maybe 20 years ago and uh, still, uh, still is investigated. And this, this robot ethics, it concerns many things that is, uh, of course, is also related to the computer science, the artificial intelligence, however, the philosophy, uh, also the biology, physiology, the cognition, uh, law, of course. You mentioned the sociology, psychology, and so on. But, uh, okay, that first of all, telling about the robo-ethics, uh, we should address the safety, the safety of the, of the robot and the human in the interaction. This is also considered as the robo-ethics. And those who are um, researching this field, they are starting uh, the consideration of the robo-ethics from uh, mentioning the Isaac Asimov, uh, three robotics uh, robotics uh, logs. Maybe I will not list them because everybody is familiar. Uh, but but we know what it means that that this is in general those logs they must assure the safe human uh, robot interaction. And the conclusion is that according to these logs, the robot uh, should never harm the human being. Okay, this is the one issue that is also. Um, from this point of view, uh, it seems that in some producing some type of the robots, we went into wrong path because they are the robots which are used for some uh, tasks in war, which are uh, against the Asimov law. That, uh, as you see, they are the examples that we are breaking those laws. But also the robo-ethics uh, can be considered uh, in another level. How much the robot should be independent and autonomous in taking the actions, in being so-called intelligent, um, in self-improvement? Where is the barrier? Where is the limit? This is also the issue of the robo-ethics. And uh, I will answer that, uh, of course, the robo-ethics will be uh, more and more critical, more and more important in the nearest future, when the robots will exhibit so-called super-intelligence. The super, the, uh, in our days, they are intelligent, however, in some limited way, but their intelligence is developing. And how we produce, uh, how, how we will be producing the robots, uh, limiting their uh, intelligence in such a way that they will still be useful for us and helping, interacting with us, 
for what we are really thinking they, they, they are designed. But on the other hand, how much we should limit them preventing of development of those super intelligence, which we know from movies, uh, let's say from the cosmic odyssey, yes, that was the matrix of the movie, where the, the artificial intelligence took over the people and the effect was very bad, that uh, we should have this issue in mind. And especially when uh, with the internet of things, when the, there is the common access to the internet and the robots probably will be using also the internet resources, they are using more and more, even I participated in such projects, uh, when the, the intelligence of the robot in this project, the intelligence of the ro robots uh, was located somewhere in the cloud in the internet and they were using for, for interacting with the people. Wow that this is this is uh, in this application is a danger that uh, so something bad can happen yes uh, in the uh, some action in the internet which will result in the in the uh, bad action of the robot this is this is the one issue or maybe the second, because the first one I said that the roboetics is the danger that the robots will be super intelligent and they will be trying to do something uh, unexpected and not the, the uh, especially the, the, the thing which we want they will do. Uh, the, the second, as I just addressed, is that they are using the common knowledge repositories more and more. And uh, this, uh, this is also uh, the, the case of cyber security, uh, how much uh, secure it can be and how much uh, some, some unexpected actions uh, will be possible. But this is the, the second issue. And the third issue that uh, in the robotics, we are uh, employing more and more uh, artificial intelligence method and also those unexplainable intelligence, unexplainable. That means the intelligence which was achieved, for example, uh, by using the neural networks. And uh, we had already in the recent years, some cases where the uh, autonomous robotic car produced the accident because the, the system uh, reacted on the wrong way and uh, that uh, the, 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 the control system and using the artificial neural net networks is always the, the danger that in general they will uh, act and produce the proper actions. However, some exceptions can happen. Uh, probably you can uh, have heard the example of the robot uh, being in love with woman. Uh, you have heard that the story when the robot uh, in the office was specially following some woman and they were not knowing why, but finally it was recognized that uh, the system was, uh, the robot's uh, robotic system was uh, designed in such a way that he preferred some color. And this woman was wearing those colors of, of the outfit of her outfit, yes. and this is why the robot was following her. That uh, sometimes the methods and tools which we are using, they can confuse uh, the robot actions 
producing also something uh, unexpected. And this is also the field of the robotic uh, robo, robo ethics. Uh, how much are our methods and tools uh, are safe, ethical, uh, just avoiding that uh, something wrong will happen. Uh, that that is there are the many issues that I should say that now they are the attempts uh, that uh, the, the, even they are already the the robots producing the robots. That that this is this is quite typical. If you have the robotized factory, which produces the industrial robots, is quite okay. But also, uh, they are the ideas of the robots, which are producing the intelligent robots, which are producing the intelligent robots, and this can be dangerous, because wow. uh, yes, that uh, what will happen if uh, those producers will be trying to produce better products, improving, improving, and improving. Uh, how it will end or where it will end, what will happen? Uh, maybe now it sounds like a science fiction, but as the practice is showing to us that uh, many things which we were reading in books, even in our life, they came to, to life afterwards that uh, okay that uh, i should say it's very good that the robo ethics exists that the people are doing the research and they are aware of this issue that for sure the considerations uh, in the robo robo ethics are needed okay so one last question because we are running out of time and yeah. super interesting answers that you're providing us theresa what you see as the most interesting projects or research fields that are currently ongoing, except, I mean, besides your own, uh, what would you recommend the audience uh, to check out as the future research fields in robotics, mechanics, and AI? Oh, this is the very broad question. <laughs> I, I should answer uh, <laughs> for a long time, but just what is most fascinating me, just without and uh, neglecting the other things. Uh, I am very fascinated by the soft robotics, the soft robots, the robots with the soft bodies, which are able to, to reshape, to change the shape in a very large scale. Those robots are inspired by the by the living creatures like worms, like acelomates, that means animals which are not possessing the body cavity, like medusa, for example. Wow. And uh, they they can uh, be applied in the future uh, to many in many applications. Even now, we have the example of the soft robotic grippers which can grasp uh, the tomatoes or some other very soft fruits and they can collect, they can put somewhere. That the applications of the soft robotics are very broad. That for me is very fascinating field because it combines the material science, very advanced material science and the, the, the mechanical design, but the new type of the mechanical design, not this classic one, which uses the block, uh, the hard elements to put them together. But this, by this way, uh, to put together, to build a soft body is, is the trick. And you need to, we need to remember that the soft body must be actuated. 
that also the, there is the new uh, new uh, view of the actuation that uh, the, uh, the for example the, the some living uh, like uh, seaweeds some type of the seaweeds can be used as the uh, actuating power uh, and the reshaping of the body can be achieved uh, by by the methods which are close to the biochemistry that uh, in some sense also bio, bio uh, biology biology because in biology we, we have the chemicals uh, and uh, the change of the shape is uh, to the many factors and for me this is very fascinating because this is going from the side of the classic robotics to the totally new field which needs the cooperation of many many specialists from very different fields which we were not thinking that it will be some years ago Amazing, amazing. Uh, Professor Teresa Zielinska, thank you so much for participating in our podcast. I strongly think that you should participate again in another episode <laughs> because this was super fascinating to hear your, your voice, your views, your intelligence. Thank you so much for participating. Uh, our audience can follow uh, Teresa. Uh, uh, we will place the links uh, for her web pages, and if she wants to share other views on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, she will let us know and we will share it with you. Thank you for the guest. Thank you for my guest. Thank you for the audience. And thank you very much for participating in our podcast today. Okay. Thank you for a nice talk and uh, very good questions. <laughs> with, uh, very relevant, relevant points in the robot. Thank you.